Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 80 of the MR Running Pains podcast. This is Aaron Saft, and today I'm going to have a solo episode and talk to you about post-race blues. Um, This phenomenon can happen to all of us, um, especially after a huge goal race. Um, And, uh, you know, I've, I've had different ways of going through it and different ways of dealing with it. So this episode, I'm going to just talk to all of you about, you know, a plan to help you get through in in various situations and scenarios. Um, You know, it's, it's tough when we get done with something that's so big. Um, For instance, uh, I can go back to even my marathon days. Um, 2005, I ran the Richmond Marathon. And I, uh, I had the race of my life. That's where I PR'd. I ran two twenty seven. I took fifth overall. I was the first American. And man, you know, obviously it was a day. I felt great, and you know, from start to finish, it was an awesome race. <clears throat> and then the following year, uh, my friend Jay Johns, who had helped me through Richmond, he had he ran through sixteen miles with me. Um, he wanted to do Chicago, and. Um, you know, I, I wasn't quite feeling um, running Chicago, but um, you know, friends <laughs> do what friends do, and and you know, try to be there for for their friends. Uh, so we trained, and he had a goal. You know, together uh, we were very similar in comparison uh, to our PRs and what we wanted to do. So we trained as hard as we could, and uh, the race did not go as planned. Um, I ended up having hypothermia at mile 24. I was pulled from the course two miles from the finish. Um, it was, a it was a, you know, a tough experience. So I came off of that one very differently, uh, went into it very differently, you know? Um, so, you know, it's, it's not to say that, um, you know, all experiences, um, you're going to experience different things, you know, after different races. Same thing happened, uh, and you know, when I ran, uh, UTMB in 2019, uh, race over in Chamonix, France, which actually is taking place this weekend. Um, you know, obviously I did not go into it with the fitness that I wanted, uh, nor did I have the race that I wanted. Um, I had different expectations. Perhaps they were set too high. I wasn't as realistic as I should have been going into that race. Uh, whereas this year, after Hard Rock, came away totally different experience because I went into it with different expectations, different goals, and um, you know, having the experience I did at Hard Rock, it was amazing. So I came off of that with a different mindset. So you have to frame it and see where you come off of your goal race. Are you in a positive mindset? Are you in a negative mindset? And that's what we're going to kind of talk about the differences and, and how to deal with those differences. And especially after bucket list races, like I just explained, you know, UTMB and Hard Rock having two very different experiences for two, you know, amazing bucket list races. So um, let's just start with the positive. Okay, let's start with the good. What if uh, what if things go accordingly? Well, you know, we're you come off of a goal race, you're psyched, you can't wait, you know, um, perhaps you haven't signed up for anything yet. Um, that's, that's my hope is that you don't have anything on the horizon just yet. Um, I never like to look through a goal race. I know sometimes we have to sign up way in advance for races. Um, so, um, you know, it's, it's hard not to, to look past them sometimes and to sign up for races because races are selling out faster and faster these days and lotteries and et cetera. I get all that. So, I mean, you know, but let's just, uh, take it one step at a time here. So, um, you have a good race. I would start with uh, just a reflection, um, you know, a uh, a race report, if you will, doing a debriefing. Um, you know, think about and process what transpired in the race. Um, I usually send my runners a uh, a race debrief for them to complete after races, and it's after each race, not just the goal race, but you know, having um, time to to decompress. And analyze, you know, the positives, the negatives, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and I will, I'll try to put the um, 
the debrief in uh, in the show notes and uh, give you an idea, you know, of what uh, what we're you know what we're analyzing, so that you can use it for your next event and you can reflect back on what transpired in this event. So you know, it's it's things like um, well, um, it's things like um, how did your nutrition go? Um, you know, how was your gear? How did you feel in certain aspects of the race? You know, if it was completely flat, flat, did your legs hold up? If it was, you know, hilly or mountainous, you know, how did that go? Um, how did you feel your training went? Was there anything that we were lacking in training? So you kind of reflect on all of those things, the overall picture, um, not only of the race, but your training, um, and how everything went to that point. So you can, you know, nitpick positives and negatives about that. You know, what, um, what do you remember? Um, you know, so it's, it's not only the race debrief, but perhaps you want to actually write out kind of your race as it went, you know, talk about, um, it's, you know, it's easier to frame it. If you've heard like my audio logs from Umstead and from hard rock, I went aid station to aid station. Uh, and talked about you know time frames between those aid stations and what was transpiring, what I remember, so that you have a good reflection um, of what you were feeling during those miles. What did you do during those miles? What worked? What didn't work? Um, you know how you felt about that. Was there things you would have done differently? All that kind of stuff. That's really great stuff to put in your race report and your race debrief. You know, they could be two separate things, or they could be one and the same. You can write it out and be as explicit and as detailed as you want in that uh, race debrief, but you can also write, you know, a race report and a reflection, share that on social media and ask people to comment, you know, ask people, um, just, you know, give their input, right? Like we, 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 we get great reflection from others. We get great advice from others and some of it may take and some of it may not. I mean, you know, it's, it's worth it to hear other people's experiences and how they dealt with similar circumstances. So, you know, put that out there, you know, and if you're comfortable with it, of course, but so, yeah, race report, race debrief, great ways to start processing, analyzing, thinking about things, especially since things went so right. What made them right? You know, as I said, for Hard Rock, it was I really, I just went into it with my only expectation was getting to the finish line. There was no, I had no time goal. I had no, um, uh, no place goal. I, I was really, I, those things went out the window. My sole purpose there was to finish. Uh, whereas UTMB, I felt I, you know, at, at the time I thought my training would, you know, even though I had been injured prior and only had about eight weeks to train for UTMB, I still felt that I was a better runner than when I showed that day. Um, and not that I was upset. I totally finished, which, you know, is kind of your <laughs> C goal, if you will, is, you know, just to finish. But here at Hard Rock, the A goal was just to finish. Um, and you know, it was either finish or not finish. <laughs> that was, that was as simple as that. And I did what I had to do to get to the finish line. So, uh, made things a lot simpler, a lot less stress. Um, you know, and I put a lot less stress on myself and I really enjoyed the experience because of that. Honestly did. So, um, but you know, that's all the things you can put in that race report. Okay. So, um, after you do your, your race debrief, and I suggest doing that, you know, almost immediately, you know, the next day or within the two days of the actual finish of the race. So as soon as your mind is out of the brain fog from, uh, from racing and you have the capacity, the mental capacity to sit down and, you know, either type it up or write it out, whatever you're going to do, but, you know, do that as quickly as you can. So that's still fresh in your mind and you can think about things and you may add to it later. Things may come back to, to memory and you may add to it. So it's, it's not a bad idea to type it so that you can add things later. Um, you know, you could do what I do and, and, uh, do a, an audio, um, recording. Um, so you have that to listen to and reflect on. Um, maybe when you're out running or training for your next race, uh, you can listen back to it, but it's always good to, to go back and, and read these and reflect upon these, especially if it's something, you know, similar or you want to, um, you know, do some, um, some aspects of the race that seem to work really well. You know, those are great reminders. So, um, but after you write that report, you know, within a timely manner, you also want to create a recovery plan. And, um, you know, if, if you're not coached, um, you definitely want to make sure that you have some type of recovery plan. What are you going to do during the time where you are recovering? And I've talked about recovery in the past, 
Um, you know, generally after, especially after a goal race, you want to take some downtime. Okay. So, um, you can go back and I'll, I'll put in the show notes, the, uh, the episode with the, um, you know, recovery. Um, but, um, for that recovery time, what exactly are you going to do so that you don't go nuts? We are so used to running and having that, uh, that, you know, that rush of getting out running, um, you know, and, and being out in nature, nature, you're going to need something and it's probably going to be like hiking or biking, um, you know, going to the gym, you should plan on reincorporating or start incorporating some kind of strength or core work. Um, I love what Sally McRae said. Um, she was, she, uh, if you haven't listened to her episode after uh, Badwater, she talks about, um, and it, I'm sorry, it was the, with the uh, Dylan Bowman podcast, Pillars. She, uh, she reflected really well and said she went right back into the gym and started working out to determine what muscles were weak right? Like that's, that's key. What, what is weak? What can we improve on? What can we strengthen? Because those are the things that if we start training again, those little, those little micro uh, weaknesses or lack of mobility areas, those are what's going to get us injured. Um, You know, we want to make sure that we keep things strong and mobile. Okay. So um, going to the gym and I'm not saying to go lift heavy or go, especially don't go do like high intensity, you know, interval workouts, uh, you know, like CrossFit or anything right when you finish a huge goal race, not what I'm suggesting. I'm suggesting, you know, a good, just, you know, easy, simple strength and core routine. You're not lifting super heavy and it could be a good time that you get somebody to help supervise that and kind of help you, you know, you know, let them know what you just did and let them know, you know, um, this is, you know, what I want to try to accomplish. And then you guys can go through things and start working back, you know, adding strength and mobility back to your routine. That's a great time to do it. I thought Sally McRae was great when she said, you know, I, I worked on finding my weaknesses and starting to work on those. And that that's right from the get go. She just finished Badwater and she's already back in the gym you know, analyzing, probing, finding out what's weak, and then working on it, strengthening, getting back to the basics. So um, I, I can't stress that that's a, a wonderful thing to do, strength and mobility. Okay. So, um, and then hiking, right? So, um, you know, it's obviously hiking is, um, it's not as exertional as running. You can still go out and hike some of your favorite routes. Um, you know, perhaps, you know, you want to go to a favorite spot and go for a hike, take the family out and just spend some time with them. You know, you've been training for <laughs> probably quite a few months here and I'm sure family time has suffered a bit. So, um, you know, get the family back involved, re-engage them and you should always re-engage them in your training. So, you know, if you can get them out for hikes or, uh, you know, if they want to ride the bike, whatever, you know, like hiking, biking, all great things, low impact swimming. Fantastic. Okay, so you should try to record, you know, incorporate these into your recovery time. And how are you going to use it and not overuse it, right? This is recovery time. You know, keep that in mind. We don't want to be trying to create too much of a training stimulus, too much of a training stress. We're trying to get the body going again, you know, get yourself moving again, you know, flush out the system. You still have to recover down to the cellular level, especially on the longer events. So don't overdo your recovery. And, you know, again, it's a good time, touch base, um, it's, you know, kind of find out what others do. If you, you know, if you don't have a coach, it might be a time to, to start with one and say, hey, listen, uh, just finished a big event looking for recovery, you know, uh, can you help me guide me through this and then, you know, help me get to, to my next event. Um, but, um, you know, if, if you don't seek out a coach, seek out the advice from those you trust. Uh, whether it be another, um, you know, runner, um, whether it's a friend that's coach, just, you know, seek some advice, um, and, you know, ask within a running group, um, on social media, whatever it may be. Uh, it's a good time to kind of, to ask for help and, and see what you should do for recovery. Uh, cause a lot of times we will rush back to it too quickly. You know, we haven't let our bodies fully recover. We're so excited to get back. We feel good. Now you've just peaked. Keep that in mind. You just peaked an event. So when you are in the recovery process, you're going to feel good. You may feel like you're totally recovered, but again, the body needs that time. You're going to come back stronger if you allow the body complete rest and recovery. And when I say that, again, it's not that you have to just sit on the couch, sit on a chair, just, you know, 
relax, it, you can get out there and, you know, hike and bike and swim and all those things. Okay. So make sure you're using recovery to the fullest potential. Okay. Um, now the, I, I mentioned family and I think this is a huge aspect that a lot of times we don't think of. Um, and these, your family should be involved in this process and especially in your evaluation of how things went. It's a great discussion to sit down and have with them, you know, find out how they felt about it. Were you away too much, you know, get them involved in this conversation. Uh, what did they feel? you know, were, did you take too much time away from the family? Um, is it, you know, is it draining too many resources financially? Really, you don't want these little or even big things to come between you and your family. So discuss these things with your family. Make sure they're all on board. Um, you know, like my family, <laughs> for the most part, understands my craziness um, and understands my ambition. They get excited by, you know, a lot of the things that I do. So, you know, having my family on board and behind me, I don't feel guilty you know, if I go out for a long run, you know, granted, I'll try to get up early and get it done as soon as I can. So that when I get back, they haven't been up for long, if at all. So, um, you know, I try not to take time away from them, but, you know, make sure that they don't have these little, um, grudges, if you will, you know, that they're like, Oh, great. He's going for another run. So they have to be on board. Otherwise you're going to feel the guilt, uh, of being away, um, you know, things again can just start to accumulate until there's a boiling point and there's a fight, right? So make sure that everybody understands everybody's on the same page. Everyone feels the same, especially if you want to sign up for something else, you know, talk that out, talk that, discuss that, you know, let, let them know what that's going to entail. Um, you know, both financially at time commitment, you know, travel, etc. you know, like really discuss that and make them a part of that discussion. Okay. Um, next let's see. Um, so, um, I always like to say, you know, let yourself, um, relax for at least a week before you start thinking about your next event. Okay. Don't get up on ultra sign up after just finishing a race. You know, you may be excited, uh, but don't, don't keep, Keep the registration platform shut down for at least a week. Unless there's a bucket list race or a lottery that you have to jump into, it's best just to let those registration sites sit for just a week. Let yourself just mentally not think about what's to come for a week. Give yourself that grace. Allow yourself that time to just decompress. You know, obviously you just finished something huge you're going to be on a high and we're going to want to sign up for something immediately, but allow yourself that time just to relax. Don't think about it. And even when that week is up, give yourself more time to really think about what you want. And we'll talk about that more, but you know, looking for another race or a goal, um, it, it should take time and you should process it unless there's a bucket list race that you know that you want to do and you have a, a plenty of time to train for it. That's the key right? Make sure you have enough time to train for it. You've got a recovery plan now and that recovery plan, whether it be, you know, two to three weeks, whatever that looks like, you have to take the time to build back. Give yourself the time to retrain, to get stronger, to get faster, to be a better runner. Okay. So, um, you know, when you look at your next race, make sure that timeline fits in with what you're doing for recovery. Don't rush back into another event. Yeah, I understand if it's a bucket list race and you want to do something like that. But, you know, again, if you feel that you can do it by taking the proper recovery and training properly for it, because you want that race, that bucket list race to obviously go as well as you can pl plan it. Okay. I, obviously, with the two races that I just talked about, both UTMB and Hard Rock, neither went as I expected, right? I got into hard rock four weeks before I didn't really have the, the time to train for it and make it the goal race that I wanted it to be the bucket race race that I wanted it to be. But you know, I was just glad to be there to have that experience and to get across the finish line. So, um, you know, it's, it's really, um, 
it's really tough sometimes to say, okay, maybe that's not the best thing for me this year. You know, perhaps that's one I put on the, uh, the bucket list or the, you know, I make the registration for next year. And if you don't have a bucket list, I would actually write it down. You know, I, I have an actual bucket list um, of races that, you know, I, I started writing down after Hard Rock. Um, I was, you know, I was kind of thinking, all right, you know, I've, I've done, done some pretty awesome races, but what, what out there really excites me? You know, where do I want to go? What do I want to see? And so I created that list, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's all races that you probably know, heard of. Um, you know, obviously I still want to get into Western States, you know, I'm waiting on, on that lottery. Um, there's, you know, I am tough. I hear such great things about that. High lonesome again, you know, great things. Um, I definitely want to run hellbender at some point in my life. Um, I, you know, I've already told everybody that's involved with hellbender one year, I will, you know, do everything I can leading up to the event, but you have to give me race day. I want to get that buckle. So, um, you know, it's, that's, that's a big one for me, especially, you know, something that I've been so deeply involved with. So, um, but yeah, make up that bucket list. I mean, there's, there's a lot more, obviously there's a lot more races that I want to do and see and places I want to go and things I want to do, but, and not all of them are races, you know, in that, in that bucket list, there may be routes, you know, like I've discussed the brute challenge. There's a, you know, there's a bunch of courses right there, the foothills trail scar, you know, just courses I want to run, um, not necessarily FKT or anything like that. I just want to do them to completion. I want to go over to England and do the Bob Graham round. So if you don't know what the Bob Graham round is, check it out. It's, it's pretty amazing. So there's definitely things that I want to do out there um, that aren't just races. So put those on your bucket list too, okay? But, you know, that gives you an, a good perspective of what you can do in the future, okay? And, you know, they all don't have to be done in one year. I mean, you know, I see people filling up their race calendars with all these races. And, you know, you got to remember, we have a certain longevity in the sport, the more that you do in one year, the less longevity you're going to have in this sport. You're breaking your body down at a faster rate than it can, you know, it can handle. So be realistic with what you do in a year, okay, and planning that out and how much you do. All right. So um, let's keep moving on here. All right. So we've talked about that's that's pretty much week one after after the goal race right now at week two again we can start thinking about what we want to do in the future just as i just discussed um but you know things that can help you determine what you want to do is you know start watching some some youtube channels um you know watch videos of of you know things awesome things that people are doing and videos they're making and that will get you excited right you know, it, it kind of keeps you away from those post-race blues because you'll get an excitement for something, um, you know, and, and hopefully um, you'll you'll get an idea, a better idea of what you want to do. Um, and then you can start browsing the registration sites, um, reading race reports. Uh, you can start asking friends, like, you know, what are some cool races that you have done? Uh, those all help as well. Um, and then, um, you know, once you've kind of started getting get an idea of what you want and you're looking at the registration and making sure that, you know, you know, you know when it opens so that you can make sure you get in. Um, the next thing I would do is actually go through your gear closet, look through your stuff. Okay. It's, you know, uh, you've got probably some old shoes that you can get rid of. Um, you know, look through, you know, make sure your gear is still in good working order. Um, you know, how are your, your running shorts? You know, how's your, your rain jacket? Yeah. All of these things, like make sure everything is still functional. It's a good time for that. You know, you've got this little extra time on your hands, go through all your stuff, um, you know, and purge whatever is that's old, you know, really used and beat up, um, yeah, or you're just not using anymore. That's, you know, it's a great time. You can, and, and even stuff that's like mildly used that, you know, you're not going to use again, try to go through one of those, um, you know, the, uh, uh, Facebook groups where you can, you know, put your stuff up there and, and try to sell it, get rid of stuff, 
you know, don't, don't leave it to clutter and then decide what it is that, what do you need? What is it that you need to train for your next event? Or what are things that you want? You know, my, my wife and kids, they're always asking me, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for Christmas? Like, you know, these are things. And then I have things on my list and I just say, well, you know, I'd like this. So have that list ready. You know, especially if there's things you need, those, you know, the holidays and your birthday and all that kind of stuff, great times to, you know, to ask for that kind of stuff. So go through all your gear and sort through it. What's good, what's not good. Get rid of the old. All right. Um, And then, you know, what what I like to do, especially after a good race like this, is create a good visual reminder. Um of the race, of the event, of that good time, of that positive experience. Because every time you look at that, whatever it may be, you know, it, it could be um, a buckle, right? It could be a picture. Um, I've got um, my screen saver and wallpaper on my computer is this great picture um, from UTMB. And, you know, every time I, I look at it, I think back to it. UTMB was an amazing experience and I like, you know, I, I don't mean to shed any negative light on it. I, it was amazing and I am so grateful for that experience. Um, and you know, looking at that picture, I have great memories like the, you know, it's just, it was a lot of walking at the end <laughs> and that's where my disappointment came is I had to walk too much at the end, but I still, I look at that picture and it just brings me back. Um, you know, hard rock. Um, I got a mouse pad from, uh, from the, you know, the, the hard rock, uh, merchandise store. And so every time I work on my computer, <laughs> there's the, the mouse pad, it, you know, just a great reminder of that experience. Um, uh, whether it be a medal that, you know, hangs up or a picture that's, you know, either by your work desk or, uh, you know, next to your bed when you wake up so that you see it and you remind yourself of, of that great experience. Um, you know, just something that, you know, that can give you a daily reminder of the positive and the, you know, the, the great time that you had, um, in this, in this race that you did. Um, you know, that's, I mean, it's great to have that reflection. Um, it gives you that, that positivity, uh, that great memory. It makes you, you know, want to get out back out there and train. Um, and, you know, and again, think about all the, the good things that, that transpired and, and make you grateful for those, uh, for those experiences. So uh, that would be my last kind of tip as, uh, um, for, you know, for a positive experience. And then, you know, as I've been talking about, you know, if, if you've had a, a huge bucket list race, those are the toughest to come off of, you know, you've been anticipating it probably for a couple of years, if not more, and you've just gone through it, you know, like whether it's, it's positive or negative, there's going to be a time where you're just going to have this hole because you've thought about that race for so long and you've, you know, your training leading up to it, you've been really, I'm sure, hyper-focused on that race on, you know, all thoughts are, how am I going to, how am I going to do it this race? What am I going to do with this race? So there's going to be a hole. There's going to be that, that, you know, that post-race blues. So, um, be very, very sensitive to what you are going to train for next. Okay. You have to be, um, mentally and physically prepared for that next step. And the mental part of it is the biggest part of it. As I said, there is going to be a hole. It is going to be, yeah, man, I can't believe I finished that. So what's going to fill that hole? And until you can fill that hole, until you can say with complete certainty that this race is going to be a great race to train for, it's going to have to probably be pretty big. I mean, it may not be another bucket list race, but it's going to have to be something that has a big, scary, challenging goal, something that's going to push you because it's going to be hard to train for something else once you get through that bucket list race. So you need to find something that's going to make you be like, yes, that's, that's awesome. I can't wait for that. You know, after, um, UTMV, we were hit with COVID. I had to wait an entire year and it was probably a good thing. Um, you know, that I didn't get to race much, um, because it gave me time to reflect and, you know, and kind of come to grips with what's next. What could I possibly do? You know, that excites me that I want to train for that. I'll look forward to. So, 
um, you know, give yourself the time to, to reflect on what's going to make you want to train. What's going to make you happy when you get up and you know, it's like this morning, my 4am wake up call, what excites you to get out the door and get training again? Cause that's going to be a huge ask. And that's going to be also like, you know, make sure there's a huge why your reason, make sure that reason is strong enough. Cause it's going to take a lot. Um, so be really, really ready for that. And then be super picky of that next event. You know, like I said, it's, you know, just a, a race that your, your friend's doing. It might not do it. You may not be very excited about it. And the training is just going to be like, uh, you're going to be like, Ugh, I got to go do this. It shouldn't be. I have to go do this is I want to go do this. I want to go out and run because I'm excited about running. Like it's, you know, it may not be that there's, uh, you know, an event. It's just, you need to get excited about running again. Uh, and that's the thing that you'll have to find is like, what's going to excite you to get running again? Like, you know, so really think about that. Not only event, like, you know, do I need an event? Is there something else I can do that will excite me? Is there a challenge? Is there a course? Is there a, uh, a route that I can pick that will really challenge me and excite me to train for it? So keep those things in mind. And then, of course, you can always challenge yourself with a new distance. You know, what I thought, um, having gone through COVID, I thought the Cocodona 250 was going to be my excitement, my challenge. And, you know, as the time drew near, I just decided it, it, it wasn't what I wanted. You know, I, I kind of thought about it and I was like, you know, even though 250 miles is daunting, it is a challenge. It, it was it was something that was way outside of my wheelhouse. I just decided it was, I guess, a little too far outside my wheelhouse. It didn't excite me as much as I thought it would. Um, so I backed out of that, you know, and, and chose another goal. I chose Umstead um, for for other reasons. And you can listen to my other podcast about Umstead. Um, I, and it was an, it was a great experience. I really had a great time. Um, and it's very different. Like, you know, I would have been surprised, you know, having finished UTMB, if I had told myself, you know, Umstead's going to be the reason why you're going to start training. <laughs> I would not have thought of that in the, you know, in forever. Uh, so it's weird the way things hit you. You'll know when it's right because you're excited by it and you want to train for it. So, you know, you may have to wait for that. Um, and you may sign up for something and decide it's not right. And don't ever force yourself to do something that you're not looking forward to because it's not going to be a great experience. And that may be wrong. It could be. But, you know, it, it's tough when you're not looking forward to something. Um, it, it makes it really difficult in race to push and to go through the dark spells because you're not going to want to go through those dark spells. You don't have enough reason to do it. So be really selective and careful with that next event. And then be realistic, as I talked about earlier. You know, be realistic with your timeline. If you just finished a bucket list race, recover. Then be realistic with your timeline as to what's going to be your next event. What are you going to do next? Don't try to make it a quick turnaround. Do yourself a favor. You know, sit back, let yourself recover, get your training in, and then you know, hit your goal event in a timely manner. Give yourself, you know, four to six weeks. Sorry, four to six months. <laughs> um, to for that next big event, um, it's it's a good way to do things. Whether you're marathoning or whether you're ultra running, you know, allow yourself that kind of timeline. All right. So what happens if things don't go right? Oh, there's a ton of things that you know couldn't go right, and ways this race could have went. Um, but either way, the first 24 hours after that disappointment. Let yourself grumble. Let yourself be upset. Let yourself be uh, um, sad. You know, let your emotions out for 24 hours. You can be mad at yourself, whatever it is. 24 hours and set your timer. Say, okay, I'm upset now. I have 24 hours to get this out of my system. When that 24 hours is up, it's time to move on. You can't stay harping on it. It doesn't help anything but you've allowed yourself that time to, to be regretful. Okay. 
allowed your time to process the negative emotions, but you can't harbor those negative emotions. So after 24 hours, it's time to shut that off and to move on. Okay. That's a huge thing and it's tough to do, but if you can get through it, get over it and move on, it's the best thing for you. Then based on your level of exertion, you got to, again, determine your recovery timeline. If you didn't make it through the race, if you DNF the race and you were, you know, really early on the race, it's going to be a quicker recovery time than you were originally planning. So, you know, you have to determine what is that recovery timeline going to look like? Um, or should you find another race? If it was, uh, I did the Moab marathon, it was, uh, the trail marathon championships, um, quite a few years ago now, uh, I forget what year it was, but, um, we went out there, my wife and I, and I thought I was going to have a great race. Honestly did. And when I started, I felt like complete garbage. Um, I ended up sitting, hiking, jogging. I mean, it was, you know, I went out for a long run. (laughs) I didn't race at all. I, I just, you know, had this really bad day. I can't, you know, put my finger on it. I don't know what was going on because my run the next day, uh, felt great. So I have no idea what happened, but I, you know, I, I stopped early too. Um, that race, the last 5k was an obstacle course. And I was like, man, the way I feel, I don't need to go through an obstacle course. So I stopped, didn't finish that race. And I was, I was, you know, I was upset. I, you know, I gave myself that 24 hour window to be upset with myself. Um, then I let it go. And at the time I had a, a different coach and I talked to that coach and said, you know, I have all this fitness and I haven't used it and I want to use it. So can we make a realistic timeline for me to find something? And what would that timeline look like? How long would I need to turn around from this and to have used this fitness at another race where I could put it all out there? And we came up with that timeline and we came up with a plan and we found a race and I crushed it. I had a great race. Um, and it, you know, it felt good to use that fitness. So that's a possibility as well. You know, like take that negative, spin it. If you feel like you can recover quick enough, find another race and put yourself in it and use all that fitness that you trained for. And, you know, try to, try to knock it out of the park. It wasn't this, it actually, um, I ran a longer distance because I had really good fitness for it and it wasn't too much longer. I went from the Moab marathon to the, uh, Paris mountain 50 K. So similar in regard. Um, but again, you know, I just, it was local. It was easy to get to. It didn't cost much money. I could sleep in my own bed. I didn't have to, you know, Moab, we spent you know a ton of money flying out hotel, renting a car, all that stuff. So, um, I made it work for our family and for our situation. And, you know, I got out there and had a great race. I rebounded and that gave me a positive mindset to then allow myself the recovery I needed and to move forward because I felt like I used the fitness that I had trained for. So if things don't go accordingly and you feel like you didn't put much effort out there, think about that option as well. And then again, you know, after you finish that next race, hopefully everything goes great. You spend the time to recover and then begin your next training block and use what we talked about um, in your, your positive race experience. Use that same timeline, those same ideas. Um, and then the other thing you can do when you have the negative race, and it's like I talked about before, you know, when we talk about the, the race report or a race debrief, we don't always want to share our negative experiences, but I think it's good because I think, you know, when we post things on social media, it's always our positive experiences. It's always a lot of our successes. It's, you know, it's, it's, and I like to share my failures. I like to put that out there and say, I failed, Uh, you know, I'm accountable. I, you know, I trained, I failed. I didn't have a great race. It wasn't what I thought, you know? Um, but you know, that's, that's part of life too. And people see that you are real. You are honest. You, you are, you know, fallible. That's great. That's, you know, like that's human. Like we don't want everybody to always see that, you know, it's this perfectly painted world. Like I like people understanding that I have failures too. Like that's part of this. You know, a lot of times people think that we have great races all the time. That's not the reality. You know, that's not it. Like, I I hate that when athletes have bad races, but they happen. You know, like, I wish as a coach, I totally wish that, you know, every athlete I coach had a great race all the time, but it's just not the reality. Unfortunately, we have things that are beyond our control, 
just like I did at Moab. We trained perfectly for that race. I felt fit and ready to race, but it went awful. <laughs> and I couldn't tell you why, but like, you know, I have, I have suspicions. And what I did was I just, you know, I talked those over with my coach. I said, you know, uh, you know, and it, I, I held myself accountable. I said, here are some things that I'm thinking that transpired that I did that probably made this go the way it did. And so reflecting in that way, and thinking about things that happened. Maybe you didn't get enough sleep. Maybe it was a stressful week at work. Maybe you didn't eat enough that week. You didn't get enough calories. You know, maybe you trained too hard that week. You were just too excited. So, you know, try to think about things leading up to that race that may have happened to put you in the situation that you had. And it's good to to go over those things. Just like you did with the good race, trying to remember good things that happened in training. You know, here, remember what bad transpired, what things you didn't do, what, what could you have done better? Um, and you know, again, talk those over, um, you know, talk with a a training partner, talk with your spouse, if they'll listen, (laughs) um, you know, have a, a, a sounding wall, if you will, let them hear it, you know, tell you what they think, um, see if they observed anything. Did you, were you doing anything they observed? Um, you know, so it's always good to, to, you know, have others perspectives and say, and you may not even recognize it. And when they say it, you'd be like, oh yeah, I did do that. So, you know, involve others in that process is the, you know, what I'm saying there. And then, you know, again, um, when you're discussing your, um, your assessment, um, with somebody else, I think, um, you should, you know, look at and talk about how much time did you have between races? Did you set up your season for success? Like, in other words, like, were there races in there that maybe you just overdid it? You overraced, or you used the distance in the the process leading up to this race that was just too much, and you didn't recover from it? Um, were you fatigued? You know, are you worn out? How were you feeling prior to this race? Like, were you feeling good, fresh, ready to roll? Or were you feeling sluggish, lethargic, tired, fatigued? So, you know, that's where it's good to have a, you know, a training log. All of my athletes, I use training peaks and I ask them to put comments in there and talk about how tired they are, how they're feeling to make sure that we get them, you know, in, in the best uh, spot possible before the race, because I want them to feel good and springy. So, um, a training log is a great thing, whether you type something up or whether you write it down, you know, keeping track of how you're feeling and what you're doing. That's, that's a great thing to always do. Okay. Um, it's also good to track your sleep. Um, you know, you can be on the other side of things. Were you doing enough training? Did you have enough training in order to, you know, complete this race? Um, or were you undertrained? So think about that as well. Um, and especially with sleep, track your sleep. Are you getting enough? You know, are you recovering? Um, I have my athletes track both their amount of sleep and their resting heart rate. Um, resting heart rate is a great indicator of are you recovering? If you're noticing an upward trend in your resting heart rate, it can be uh, some other things, but at the same time, a lot of times it can be that you're overtraining. Your body's not recovering, so your resting heart rate is getting higher. So that's a great indication that you need to back off a bit. So tracking sleep and resting heart rate are two great metrics, um, that you should be keeping track of. And then, you know, when you talk about it, like, did you, um, were you complimentary in your training? Again, did you have enough strength and mobility work? Um, or did you have any, if you didn't have any, you should think about adding it in and how would you do that? What would that look like? Again, use some resources, find out from people. Um, what should I incorporate? What should I do? How should I do it? How often should I do it? Ask these questions, find out, um, then, you know, add it into your training and then, um, determine how are you going to fix these things, right? So how are you going to incorporate them? Just like we just talked about with strength training, how are you going to incorporate that into your, your training regime? Do you have enough time? And if not, well, what are some things you can do or eliminate to help incorporate that? Because that is a major piece of training that should be in everybody's, you know, training regimen is strength training. So, you know, does it have to be long? No, you know, it does not have to be long. Does it have to be every day? No, it doesn't have to be every day. You can do it two to three times a week um, and you'll be just fine. And it can be a quick session, you know, 15 minutes, sometimes even less. You know, there's simple exercises out there that you can do 
and they're real basic. They're, you don't have to do many. You don't have to do many reps. Uh, it's just simplistic moves that will help um, in your strength, mobility. And, you know, a lot of these lifts, they're going to incorporate your core strength. So you're going to get your core strength out of this. So it can be an all-in-one when you do these strength routines, okay? So um, how are you going to incorporate these, these items that, you know, we talked about um, into, into your routine? Um, and then make yourself accountable. And how are you going to do that? You know, how are you going to make yourself accountable for these, these new things that you're going to incorporate or for the training that you want to do? How are you going to be accountable? Um, are you going to, you know, make your spouse um, help you be accountable? Have her, you know, have him or her check in on you. Um, are you going to have a training partner? Can a training partner, you know, get you out there on the weekends for long runs, maybe some major workouts, you know, having that training partner can be key or just them checking in on you. How's your training? Uh, and then you can check in on them too, vice versa. Um, or are you going to have a coach? Is that something you've thought of? Uh, you know, I've got a previous podcast or I talked about, is a coach right for you? It's not right for everybody. Not everybody likes or wants a coach. I totally respect that. And I totally get that. Some people like doing things on their own, you know, and that's, that's great. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm here for those that want the help and I'm here to help. So, you know, I, I hope that, you know, if you consider a coach, find somebody that's like you and like-minded, you know, that, you know, if, if you need the accountability, they're going to give you what you're looking for. Ask those questions. But, you know, having somebody help you be accountable, that's a, you know, very important measure. Um, and then again, when you're selecting your next race, when you're thinking past this negative one, pick something that is attainable and enjoyable. Okay. We want success out of this next race. So if you just, you know, had a really bad race, your next one, maybe pick something that's a little bit easier or shorter that where we can pick up some success, pick up steam. It's not to say you can't pick another race at the same distance, but try to pick something that, you know, is going to be one that you feel you can complete, you feel comfortable with, because we want success, because we can build off that success, okay? So, um, and then along the way, when you're having success, recognize those successes, celebrate those successes. You have to start incorporating the positivity back into the running, making it enjoyable, making it uh, a happy experience and creating memories that you can build off of and be, um, be joyful about, be grateful for. Those are the things that are going to help you move forward and to help you get through your next goal beyond, uh, beyond the, the goal that you're setting now. I hope that you always, no matter what, I hope you always keep running enjoyable and have fun with it. Because if you're not, you need to reassess. What am I doing that's making this the negative experience? What can I be doing to make this more joyful? You have to make sure that whatever you do in running, it makes you happy. Because if you're not happy, it's definitely not worth doing. Or it's worth doing differently. I thank you for joining me on this, this talk here. Um, if you have questions or comments, concerns, whatever, you know, reach out. My contact is on my website, mrrunningpains.com. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this. You know, <laughs> I, I went through a lot of thought and deliberation on, on how to present this. So I hope it was helpful. And, um, you know, we, well, as I said, um, you know, going forward, I've, we've got some new podcast guests coming on. Uh, actually we're going to go back to an, an old friend uh, and my coach, Patrick Regan. We're going to have a kind of talk about what's been going on, um, especially on the East coast and in running in general. Um, I look forward to that conversation. Um, we did release the first episode of the hellbender 100 podcast that is out now. Um, and I'm getting it up on the listening platforms. So, uh, you can go to podbean.com. I will put a link in the show notes, um, for the, the new episode, um, but please subscribe to that and listen. Uh, next episode will be the first weekend in September. We're going to go with the first weekend and the third weekend. It's going to be the Saturday mornings. Uh, so the first Saturday and third Saturday of each month at 5 a.m., the Hellbender 100 
race podcast will be, um, you know, will be available. Our next episode is going to be uh, talking with some of the trail maintainers that help us um, in that area and things that they do, their future goals, because trails are are building rapidly in that area and they have a huge part of it. So um, I look forward to my conversation with those folks at the uh, um, Carolina High Peaks and the uh, G5 Trail Collective. Um, I've reached out to both of them and I'm hoping to to have an interview with both and uh, it'll be, you know, uh, be a fun episode. So, um, please join us, the Hellbender, um, podcast, as well as on our new Facebook and Instagram accounts. Um, Hellbender has a new Facebook and Instagram account. Um, our date, um, I will announce in, um, in those, um, uh, those platforms. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to announce that here, but, um, please join us on the Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can also find the podcast on YouTube. Um, look up, um, hellbender and you should find our channel. Um, I think it's, uh, hellbender 100, um, RD is my, uh, my YouTube channel, but that's where the podcast will release as well as, um, we're going to do some, some videos and stuff of the course. So, uh, lots of stuff going on with hellbender, obviously. So wanted to put that out there. Um, we are rounding out August as I record this. Um, we have less than a week until September. So uh, my next newsletter will be coming out beginning of September. Uh, you can subscribe to that on mrrunningpains.com. Uh, newsletter uh, always includes as much information as I can about training, running, racing, um, you know, uh, gear reviews, tips, uh, you know, everything I can throw at you. <laughs> um, that is going to be in the newsletter. Um, we started our cross country season uh, with middle school kids. Been a lot of fun. So my time has been kind of consumed with uh, with starting that and coaching, um, but. Um, I hope to get some more YouTube videos up here pretty soon. Uh, I've got you know, plenty of ideas. It's just I need the time to put them up there. So, um, But if you have ideas for future podcasts, uh, YouTube videos, uh, things you'd like to see or hear about in the newsletter, please do send those my way. Um, again, my contact is on the mrrunningpains.com website. You can sign up for the newsletter there. Uh, old newsletters and old podcasts are also archived on the website. So join me there. Uh, and you can follow me along on social media. All of those links are going to be in the show notes. Um, and I really, I thank you guys for listening. Um, please do subscribe, share this podcast. That's always super helpful and appreciated. Um, and to my Patreon supporters, those of you guys that, uh, contribute on a monthly basis, thank you guys for helping me continue to do this. Um, if you feel that you can, um, I will include a Patreon link in the show notes, uh, you know, for a dollar a month, you help me keep this going. So, and you can obviously donate as much as you like, but a dollar a month is, you know, it, uh, like I said, it's, it's super appreciated. It helps me keep this going, um, pays for, you know, my, my hosting site for equipment, all that good stuff. So thank you all so much. I appreciate you. I can't wait to talk to you next time until then keep running my friends.